Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. We continue our focus on overcoming anxiety by reflecting on the two positive mm -hmm. commands Jesus gave in Matthew 6. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven and seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. However, in addressing these two commands, we will have to respond to those who contend that the idea of a life without worry and anxiety is unrealistic. They argue that while it is true that when you consider the sparrows and the lilies, they do not toil or spin and they do not worry, and yet they are taken care of. It is not the same with human beings. Human beings die of hunger every day. And after all, we live in a world that manufactures new ways to make us anxious every day. They argue, therefore, that it is, the, it is very human to be anxious and even to worry and fret sometimes. In response to which we say that the word for anxiety in the New Testament is the same word for concern. There is a continuum between concern and anxiety or worry. You might say that anxiety is concern turned into crisis and paralysis. Mild anxiety mm. is necessary. And in fact, it is an aid to high performance while worry is crippling and inhibits our best responses. On the other hand, there are also those who argue that the life without worry is the life of a stoic, the life of indifference, a kind of don't care, a don't care, as we put it in Jamaica. What is being insisted on by us here is far from a life without the engagement of our full humanity in which we act like Ottoman feelingless beings. What is being insisted on instead is a life that is fully engaged with life itself, with others, and with the cut and thrust of life's experiences. In these two commands by Jesus, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven mm. and seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, is an approach to life and a philosophy of life. The controlling contrast is that you cannot serve God and money. A life preoccupied with the pursuit of creature comforts, its pleasures and its protection and its ease is a life that is prone to anxiety and to worry. It is a life with its marbles mixed up. Life ought to be driven by and governed by higher values and priorities mm. than filling our bellies and making ourselves comfortable and warm. 
when jesus calls us to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven he's calling for a life interested in the intangible the unseen the things that cannot that lie beyond tomorrow it is life that can dream a life that can imagine not only not one that is bogged down by what is now and what the world offers now heaven is a place far away that we cannot see how can we live for ourselves treasures in heaven what is it talking about and what is this cure for worry and fret and anxiety Jesus' command to lay up treasures in heaven and to seek first the kingdom of God commits us, he's calling us to a life of solidarity. Once Jesus points to nature, it forces us to confront history in which the provisions made by God have been despoiled and distorted. How is it that God has made such ample and free provision of air for us to breathe? And yet there are so many people who are saying, please, I can't breathe. They can't breathe because the knee of power is resting on their necks. Our faith in God and our desire to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven and to seek God's kingdom requires us to commit to acting mm. in solidarity with those who have the knee of power resting on their necks. This is, of course, what we learn in that parable of the sheep and the goat in which Jesus commends us for giving him food and drink and a visit and a welcome and clothes when life itself has robbed him of God's provision for him. One of the good things that has come out of our tragedy in recent days is that the killing of George Floyd by the Minneapolis police was so stark coming so soon on the heels of the global pandemic that it has exacerbated social inequality by punishing the victims and has forced the world to recover its humanity, its acts of social solidarity all across the world, multiracial, multi-ethnic, multi-generational, across gender, across cultures, across language. Human beings have found their voice lying in the streets, echoing his name and repeating his dying words, please, I can't breathe. This solidarity is not to be just a crisis response alone. It is to be a way of life for people of faith. We do not worry about our own lack. When we find ourselves lacking in something, it ought to signal to us to act in response to the hunger of so many people, that a hunger that is not merely a feeling at the end of a long day of work, but a hunger that is a chronic condition for them. We must use our own hunger to fuel our passion to work so that others may be fed. This raises the question of how. What are we going to do about systems that manufacture anxiety and put its knees on the neck of our people? The answer is that the life of solidarity must impel us to a life of struggle. When you commit to responding to anxiety-producing systems of our world, know that it is not a quick fight that is over in the first rounds. It is a life 
of struggle. I thank God that in recent days, the happy talk religion about health and wealth Christianity and about the Jesus hype that makes some noise in the name of Jesus has lost its voice. There has been no place for the, that bamboo fire Christianity, for that fear weather Christians. The human family is facing some intractable problems that defy quick fixes and simplistic solutions. All of a sudden, we have been confronted by the monstrous face of evil and how deeply entrenched and systemic the evil in our world is. This struggle calls us to review our habits, our alliances, our long and deeply held prejudices, statues are coming down. Places of business have to review their practices. There, these were, were there all along, some for decades. It is just that recent events have made the choices more palpably clear. This is time for thoroughgoing change about how the world is organized. We have to challenge the glue that holds things together and identify the wheels within the wheels. It is time to be confronted by the fact that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It is time to don the entire armor of God. It is time to engage a full and long struggle to get the knee off people's neck, to dismantle the system that produces anxiety and worry for so many. When we struggle, we will not see victory immediately. Sometimes we'll be convinced that we cannot win. The odds against us are overwhelming and the adversary appears invincible. But we are building for the future. We are building for the children. We are seeking to make a world, the world a better place. We are laying up treasures in heaven. Overcoming anxiety calls for solidarity with those whom life makes anxious because of the knee resting on their necks. It means struggle because these are formidable forces that will not yield easily or quickly. So this calls for a commitment to a vocation towards the pursuit of righteousness and justice and the building of the kingdom of God. In the late 1980s and early 1990s, I worked with other colleagues to reform the human rights situation in our island's correctional institutions mm. by re-establishing boards of visitors. On one of those visits to the Richmond Correctional Institution in St. Mary, I was accompanied by a Roman Catholic priest, a colleague, clergyman, Father Brian Massey. During our conversation, he casually mentioned that he had never held a Jamaican $100 bill in his hand that he could call his own. I was stunned. And so I asked him, how? How come? And he said, I have taken a vow of poverty. I left my assets and my family, he said, to pursue 
my vocation. The idea of seeking first God's kingdom and God's righteousness is to make that your vocation. Your vocation need not be the same as your job or your career. You may be a policeman or a teacher or a member of the political class or a businessman or woman, a person who stays at home to take care of the family. Your vocation is what you do by doing your job and what you do with your life. It is your calling. It is the North Star to which your life moves. This is what you do. This is all you see. What you have to do without, it is because of the mission you have to which you have committed yourself. What losses you have, what injury you suffer, you take them mm. in strides because you have a bigger prize at the end of the journey. What does a vocation pursuing the righteousness, the justice, and the kingdom of God look like? I think it is to come into an encounter of the peace of God in Jesus Christ. It is to have peace of mind and peace of conscience and peace of relationship. It is to become an agent, an agent of the peace of God. In this way, we embody the practice of justice and righteousness of God and demand nothing less from the world in which we live for the sake of my neighbor, those that are the victims of injustice. It is to work to build a world given to the pursuit of justice and righteousness that encounters the peace which helps us to overcome anxiety. In this way, your vocation laying up treasures in heaven and seeking the kingdom of God is to seek to make a new world in which every person will have his own vine and fig tree and none shall make them afraid on God's holy mountain. You are building a world of justice and peace when the lamb and the lamb will lie down together and a little child shall lead them to have swords beaten into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. Our dream is that justice will roll down like water and righteousness like a never-ending stream and the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord like the waters cover the sea. In this way, creature comforts won't matter that much to us. We won't worry about any man or anything because we want God's kingdom. We're looking for that city that has foundation whose builder and maker is God. We know that the suffering of the present time are not worth comparing the glory that shall be revealed in us. None who has given up house or land or family will go unrewarded, but will be rewarded sixtyfold and a hundredfold and in the life to come with eternal life. We act in solidarity. We commit to the struggle because it is our vocation, our calling, and that is our election. Amen. O oh God, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all human comprehension, guard our hearts and mind by Christ Jesus. Amen.